Hey, Hope family. Welcome back to Hope Daily. And uh, in a bit of an announcement, uh, this will actually be my last Hope Daily as I prepare to move on from here and uh, to the next part of uh, what God has called me to. And so, uh, April Fools. I'm just kidding. Uh, to be honest, I hate April Fools jokes. Uh, they are always more mean than they are funny. So I apologize for that. We are in April, and uh, I'm going to continue to look at some devotional thoughts from the book, uh, from the Bible, and our year two Bible reading plan. And we are in Genesis, reading chapters 26 and through 50 this month. In addition to it being April 1st, I thought that a bit of deception may be in order as we're going to talk about Jacob this morning. And we'll actually start in chapter 25 and then make our way into uh, chapter 27. Here's where we find ourselves in the story of Genesis. Isaac has taken Rebecca to be his wife. Isaac was 40 years old when they got married. And after 20 years, Rebecca conceived and was pregnant with twins. And it must have been a pretty wild pregnancy because we read that the children struggled inside of her to the point that she called out to the Lord saying, why is this happening to me? There are probably a few women listening who can relate. Uh, this takes us to our verse, verse 23. And God's response there, the Lord said to Rebecca, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples will come from you and be separated. One people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger. So here we have a prophecy and the explicit stating of a theme that actually we've already seen in the book of Genesis, namely that the younger child will be elevated to the place of the first child. The younger will rule over the older. We've seen this happen uh, several times through the book of Genesis. Back in Genesis chapter 4, Cain kills Abel. Cain, the older, kills Abel, the younger. But then it was the thirdborn, Seth, who was the child who received the blessing from Adam and Eve. Then in Ishmael, he was Abram's firstborn, but Isaac received the blessing. And now God says here that that will happen again. The trend will continue. The younger of the twins will rule over the older. This, as a mother, couldn't have exactly been comforting news. Not necessarily that it would be bad for the younger to rule over the older, but two nations, two people that will be separated, one ruling over the other. This, this type of language shows that there will be some tension between the siblings, sibling rivalry kind of to the max. And Rebecca has been told that her family will be divided before her sons are even born. Let's pick up in verse 24 of chapter 25. When her time came to give birth, there were indeed twins in her womb. The first one came out red looking, covered with hair like a fur coat, and they named him Esau. After, his, after this, his brother came out grasping Esau's heel with his hand, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. Jacob is already the nudge that he's going to be for his entire life. He is called Jacob. He grasps the heel, which is a Jewish idiom that meant to deceive or to fight. This was appropriate at the time of his birth as he literally was grabbing the heel of his brother, but he would continue to live into that name. In the story, we're fast-forwarded uh, a several years, and we pick up in verse 27. When the boys grew up, Esau became an expert hunter and an outdoorsman, but Jacob was a quiet man who stayed at home. Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for wild game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. 
Once, when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field exhausted. He said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stuff, because I am exhausted. This is why he was also named Edom. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, said Esau, I'm about to die, so what good is a birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore to Jacob and sold his birthright to him. Then Jacob gave bread and lentil stew to Esau. He ate, drank, got up, went away. So Esau despised his birthright. So here, the heel grabber is a bit of an opportunist. He sees an opportunity and he strikes. And it won't be the last time. In chapter 27, I won't read it, but I encourage you to read it. Chapter 27, it recounts the story where Isaac is close to death and he wants to be, to impart the blessing to his oldest son, Esau. But Rebekah overhears this and steps in and she conspires with her favorite son, Jacob, to deceive Isaac. Again, read the whole story, but Rebekah makes a meal, gives it to Jacob, dresses him as Esau, sends him in and deceives Isaac. And he receives the blessing. More accurately, he steals the blessing. Here's where I think this hits home for us. Jacob's destiny was sealed from the beginning. God told Rebekah, the younger will rule over the elder. Yet, instead of faithful obedience and trust of God's word, we see in both Jacob and Rebekah a devious desire to force the prophecy into fruition. They take matters into their own hands. Jacob's cunning and his opportunist bent, combined with his name heel grabber, certainly makes a connection to the serpent from the garden and the seed of the serpent who would strike the heel of the seed of the woman. Yet Jacob also receives the blessing given to Abraham and fast forwarding a bit, we know that he becomes Israel, that his name is changed to Israel and he's the father of the 12 nations from whom we receive the Messiah. So Jacob is both the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. At times of his life, he, he plays both roles of that prophecy from Genesis chapter 3. And isn't this true of us as well? Our fates are sealed. Once we have come to faith in Jesus Christ, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Yet, we still have a choice. We still have responsibility for how we live. As Paul puts it, we have a choice in where our minds are set. Romans 8, 5-6, Paul says, For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. And then to verse 12 of Romans 8. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if, you, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. We are promised heirs with Christ. Our fates have been sealed. As we've talked about the last few episodes, God will be faithful even if we are faithless. But let us not be like this picture of Jacob, who deceives and contrives. Instead, let us put to death the deeds of the flesh and trust that God's word is true. Let us walk by faith and not by sight. We are children of the light, so we should have nothing to do with darkness. We are heirs with the seed of the woman. Let us not live as the seed of the serpent.